Welcome to the Big Boy Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Travel Big Boy Nerd Barksdale. And of course, as always, I, I got you guys in for a treat. I had the, the prestigious honor of interviewing someone that's actually doing a lot of moving and shaking within the comic book world. Uh, she's actually breaking down a lot of different doors, asking all the right questions to all the right people. Her name is Regine Sawyer of Lock It Down Productions. She's doing great work all over the place. If she's not at a, a Comic-Con panel, she's uh, at um, San Diego Comic-Con. If she's not at San Diego Comic-Con, she's at the Schoenberg. If she's not at the Schoenberg, she's doing her own convention in, in, in Bronx, New York. She's doing a lot of great work for women of color within the particular craft and field of comic books. There's this myth, we, me and her, of course, discuss it. There's this myth that uh, women, let alone black women, are not necessarily present within the comic book world, and that's all it truly is, is a myth. So we go into deep conversation about that, uh, the X-Men, um, just how, like the different rides and tides and changes within the comic book culture nowadays and what a role of true comic books should be and the positions that being a comic book creator or writer or, or artist what type of roles that you have to play in order to do something successful, something that actually stands the test of time, and something that's worthwhile. What type of story stories are you telling through this visual means of art? We, we go through a lot of different things. It's actually a very successful podcast. Now, disclaimer, I had to interview her through Google Hangouts. Both of our schedules were like super crazy. Uh, and so there's, so it does sound like we're speaking over the phone. Uh, just giving you everyone a heads up. Uh, it's it's the, the the conversations and everything we talk about are extremely insightful, extremely great stuff, very substantial. It just sounds like sometimes we're on the phone. Um, uh, because her internet connection was a bit choppy, uh, she drops in and out at times. It's not te- it's not terrible, and it's not hard to follow along. I guarantee you'll be able to follow along and learn a lot of interesting st- interesting things. So. Once again, thank everyone. Thank you to everyone that actually took the time out, listened to my podcast, listened to what I have to say, or even cared enough to even subscribe. Uh, everything you do, all the support I get from everyone, it's it's it means the world to me, like literally the world to me. So, thank you very much, and I truly, truly hope once again you enjoy it. I can hear you fine. Can you hear me okay? I can now. Again, like sometimes it's just me. <laughs> but yeah, but let's keep talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's totally fine. No problem at all. Um, I just want to make sure you can hear me okay. You're all fine. You're everything fine. Yes, I can hear you much better now. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. 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 Um, basically what I was saying before her was that, um, I cannot crochet and I totally understand the, the talent that it takes to crochet something. That's something that's just total. <laughs> yeah. That's like totally beyond me. Um, so, um, but, um, very briefly, I just, I don't want to hold up too much of your time. Um, I know that you got a thousand things going on right now. Um, I just wanted to actually just sit down and interview you and ask you a couple of questions because I'm enamored by your work. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, uh, I am talking to one of the, the most highly esteemed people in the business right now when it comes to comic books and pushing the conversation forward. 
Um, to some of my listeners, they may not know exactly who you are. So just briefly, could you tell give everybody a quick, quick uh, breakdown of who you are and what your work is? Sure. Oh, my God. What an introduction. Thank you so much. Um, uh, okay. Well, my name is Eugene L. Sawyer. I am the owner, writer, creator of Lock It Down Productions, which is uh, a small press comic book company. I've had it for about 10 years, and I've been in the comic book industry for 11. I started out working as a managing editor for uh, an independent comic book company, and wow. around the end of... 2007, I decided that everything that I was doing for that company, I could do for myself. So that's how Lock It Down Productions was born. Uh, the books that I currently produce are The Rippers, Eating Vampires, and Ice Witch. And I just recently published uh, my mother's children's book, wow. uh, Willow the Weeping, Weeping Willow. And I am also the coordinator and founder of the Women in Comics Collective International, and that's an organization that highlights the merit and craft work of women working in the comic book industry. We host events across the country. We do panel discussions, art shows, uh, workshops, and we also have our own convention called the Women in Comics Con, a.k.a. Wink Con. Uh, we just had our, uh, I think we had our third annual this year, mm -hmm. and next year we'll have our fourth annual, and that will be at the end of March. Um, and yeah, that's me. That's, that's me. <laughs> wow. What, a, what an introduction. That was, that was incredible. I, I've actually been to the last two of your, actually your, um, WinCons, uh, your, uh, W I N C, uh, I, uh, excuse me. Yeah. W I N Y C. I've been to actually the last two of those, which, <laughs> which has been a fantastic production. Um, I think that you're doing oh, really you. fantastic work without a doubt. Um, I just wanted to ask you, so you briefly talked about you, you just doing your initiative, um, and actually and, you know, and starting up your own independent work, what made you even want to get into comic books? I mean, like, comic books, um, I mean, speaking from as, a, as, like, you know, a lifelong reader, I, I'd imagine that it's something that's, like, really tough to be in because the representation of women is just really horrible. <laughs> so I was curious, like, what made, what, uh, where, how did you start reading when you, I assume you started reading when you were young. So, what, like, where did that all come from? And how did you, you find inspiration in these things? Like, what made you want to do it? Well, my father and my brother really played an integral role in getting me into comics. My father used to me, and uh, we would go through, we would go through uh, the Sunday Funnies cover to cover from the Daily News. Wow. And my brother and I, we would, we, you know, I was, I was raised in the 80s, so we were watching the, the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk. We were watching uh, the original Spider-Man, the greatest American hero, um, and then he introduced Introduced me to video games, and we played video games. And I actually was a competitive video game player for a while. Whoa! Um, when I was younger, yeah, <laughs> when I was younger. And in the midst of us getting into video games, he had purchased uh, the very first X-Men game from the original Nintendo right. system. And he started telling me about the X-Men. Um, my brother's about 13 years older than me, so mm -hmm. around that time he was in high school, and he was telling me about when he... He was growing up that he used to collect the X-Men and other comics. And from there, we, we just started buying books. I mean, my father, again, he would read the Sunday Funnies to me, and uh, he uh, started buying the Archie comics. Ah. I was already reading. I was already reading comics. I mean, I was reading a ton of stuff, but I was reading that. And then my brother introduced me to uh, the X-Men. So I was reading X-Men Classic. 
Wow. And then I uh, got to Uncanny X-Men, and just that was my favorite, favorite, favorite series. So your favorite, favorite books, I should say, were the X-Men books. And wow, wow. I dabbled in, in a few DC. Again, my brother and I watch, watch uh, television all the time together, so we watched Batman and so forth and all the Superman movies. So I was familiar with DC books, but when it came to actually sitting down and reading, I was an X-Men aficionado. To a certain extent, I still, to a certain extent, I still am. I'm <laughs> a little bit of a, a X-Men. So that's how it started for me. And then I just wanted to create my own characters. I started drawing, drawing my own characters. My mother is an artist. She was a painter, God rest her soul. Mm-hmm. And she, she had a ton of art books in the house. So I, so I was inundated with art all the time. So I, I just started drawing. I just started, I started writing little stories and synopsis for them to the point that I, you know, I had said to my mother, like, I want to find out how I can sell characters to Marvel. And I was right. about 12 years old, wow. maybe 11. And my father, my mother, my, my father, my mother called Marvel, Marvel Comics and asked to speak to John Romita Jr., I think. Whoa. Because she said, like, my, my stepsister, she wants to sell them to So, yeah, that was when I was 12. And I just continued creating characters up through high school. Uh, that's how I started creating the uh, uh, the Rippers, and right. that was my first series that I really, really concentrated on. Um, from there, though, once I got to college, I didn't put my love of comics, but I mean, my parents really wanted on a career that they felt would make me money. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and uh, so I had decided to actually study to become a chef, <laughs> uh, which was, and then on the, on the side, to us and aside of that was my father just being like oh my god you want to be in the service industry it's like please god no like no but daddy this is what i want to do <laughs> like oh god but so yeah so i wanted to be a chef and i do have a degree in hospitality management wow yeah and 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 i was a corporate food manager for 12 years no wow. excuse me 13 years wow um yes but uh there was a point Career, uh, actually, career uh, in uh, corporate food management that I had decided that I wanted to pursue comics. It's something that I still loved, always loved, mm-hmm. and I just said, "Well, why not? Let's let's see what I can do." Like I've always, I've again, I've always uh, been interested in the arts, and I've always written. I've written stories about four or five years old that has never had never left me. I I wrote I wrote. Uh, uh, a ton of stories to get college scholarships, right. which I've done. I won. I, I won a. I won a few. I won a few. Wow. So I. So I've always. Yeah. I've always kept up that 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 part of my life. I also uh, was a, a a fellow. Well, I am. I guess I am a, a fellow of the National Book Foundation. I was Whoa. in a couple of their summer summer programs. Wow. Um, when I was in college. So again, it being a writer, being an artist. Uh, never left me. So yes, long story short, I decided, hey, this is what I want to do. And one day I, I was in a comic book shop uh-huh. and a gentleman overheard me talking to one of my friends about me getting into the comic book industry and possibly pursuing an art degree or right. a cartooning degree um, with a school of visual arts. And he just said like, hey, I don't mean to interrupt, but why don't you send me some of the stuff that you have and you know what you're doing? And I did. I did on that fateful October day in 2006. Whoa. And 
from there, I just started helping him with his company. I uh, transcribed and I transcribed all of them, transcribed them and uh, edited them. And I started uh, going to conventions and I, I uh, started sort of assisting him with, with artists in wow. terms of uh, looking at subscript, uh, looking at subscriptions, submissions, looking at submissions, looking, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, looking at uh, different trends in the industry, you wow. know, what people were interested in. So I became, I get, I became, I was a managing editor, but then I became sort of this, uh, I guess, hyper assistant. Because <laughs> yeah. I want to know everything, everything. and I realized yeah. I want to know everything for myself. I want to know the inner workings of the industry and what I could do to have a play a larger role in that, I guess, to see also what I could do for myself. Right. And and from there, again, the end of 2007, I said, you know what, I've learned everything I can learn. Now it's time for me to branch off and do this. And that's essentially how, how I got into the industry. Wow, wow. All right, so... You, you you mentioned a couple of things. Like, there's a couple of things I want to backtrack and pick out because I, I you said a lot sure. of great great things. Uh, first and foremost, I wanted to ask you. Uh, you did say that you were an affectionate of X Men comics. What do you think drew you to X Men so much? Uh, being a person, being a woman of color, like what do you think? I mean, I know this is a pretty obvious question. You know, being a, <laughs> being a comic book reader all your years, but I, I'm curious. Like, what about it that drew you to X Men as opposed to someone something like Teen Titans? It was so well. The thing was, X Men was the first was the first mainstream comic book that I was exposed to because of the original video game. Ah. And Storm Storm was in the video game, Storm. and of course she was black. It wasn't just her being black. Right. She had a mohawk, right. and she could shoot electricity from her hand. Right. I, there was. I remember seeing Night Blue and. <laughs> and, and Colossus is in the game, and he was silver, and you know, right, and, right. I, I, and and also one thing that stood out about the the game, because I'll I'll stay on the game for just for a second, sure, was sure. that um the White Queen was in the game, but her powers were that of Mystique's, and Whoa. not the White Queen's. It was so weird. Wow. It was so weird. Like she could, she was shaped. You know, I think when I once I started. Like I said, wait a second. Like the White Queen is not a shapeshifter. Right. Like what is this? Uh, wow. Uh, yeah. It was just so in, in, intriguing, and the game was just so much fun to play. And I wanted to know more about these these characters. Right. And I have the game probably. So, I have the game somewhere around here in my house. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it kind of makes me want to play it again. Um, and it was just so intriguing. So when I finally. And I started reading, uh, reading the books. Yes, Storm was very, very intriguing. Yes, because she was a black woman, right. but because because her character was so thoughtfully written. Right. Right. She was. She was. She absolutely was a goddess. She was right. a queen, but she also a queen in how she carried herself. She was right. very regal and just. And but she was also fallible. Right. Questions. She also had been traumas and made her question her purpose right. and question her capabilities and then that led me to of course discovering all the other characters particularly all the other female characters within the, the comic book right um and they were all very thoughtful and intriguing and you just wanted to know more so for me the x-men just just it just epitomized good stories 
particularly for the the Chris Chris Claremont, Claremont one, run, right? Was very good storytelling, right? And right. that's what captured me because again, like I was a writer, I was a avid reader. My mother encouraged me to read everything, and and I did. And comic books was just it was just a part of that. Right, right. Of course. I mean, I totally agree with you. I actually I think that there's something to be said about that particular era and that just simply just writing those characters that way you know having that sort of underhanded civil rights sort of motif when it comes to writing those characters but also giving a character like as you said storm something that like she's fallible she actually has the ability to be you could tell she's a she's an omega level mutant she's a, a she's one of the most powerful mutants that you have but yet and still she's still foul, fallible she still has her issues she still has claustrophobia she still has things she has to deal with <laughs> so I, you know, she that that yeah. great vulnerability in a in a black female character, but also on the flip side, actually being able to show her to be this very strong, powerful leader. Actually, in a lot of times, leader during Days of Future Past, she was a leader. So, yeah. so it was really a fantastic opportunity to see that, especially at that time. Um, but but um, I, I digress uh, because I could talk to you about comics for a very long time because I <laughs> I um I love 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 comics. Um, I uh, I was it's funny because you you mentioned that your older your older brother got you into comics and the same goes for me. Um, my uh, I was raised by my grandparents. Uh, my grandfather adopted me when I was a child and his wife um, had a son um, and her son uh-huh. was my older brother. So I treated him as my older brother because he raised me like so. But um, he loved comic books. He actually, uh, my, my, uh, my mother had a friend that worked at Marvel, so he would uh-huh. actually just hand over a bunch of comic books to my, little, my, old, my older brother when he was a kid. So when I came along, I got a chance to read all of these things. So it kind of just inundated me with these things that were well before my time. So I, I, like, I, I totally understand, like, you know, where this long lineage of, like, you know, loving this sort of particular culture and being a person of color and finding some level of a purpose within it. So I, I totally relate to you in that regard. That, that's, that's really fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, but I, I, like I said before, I can ask you a thousand things about this, but I want to I quickly like kind of detour because, because you said that you actually uh, do panel work. And I know this year, you, well, again this year, you were at Comic-Con. Um, you know, yes. Women's in Comics were at Comic-Con. Um, and you did a mm-hmm. different, different series of panels. Um, and I, I was curious, like, how, first and foremost... <laughs> Just on a base level, how do you even get, get? How did you get your foot in the door to be at something as big as Comic Con? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean seriously. I mean, when I look at when I look at my career and look at the things that you know I've been blessed to to be able to do. Honestly, things have happened extremely organically, wow. and when things happen organically, it's because you're meant to do them. Right. And I I simply. I sim I honestly, honestly, I simply said that I, I, you know, I got in this industry just because I wanted to really create really awesome stories, and so the, the being a part of women in comics and creating was just it was honestly ha- happenstance. I originally was asked to do a women in comics panel to moderate a women in comics panel. Wow. Back in twenty twenty twelve. Wow. Um, by Ray, Ray Felix. Ray Felix who is bro- our only male member right. of women in comics. Right. Bronx and Heroes. He is, Bronx Heroes. Uh, the coordinator. He's the CEO coordinator of Bronx Heroes Comic Con. Yeah. Uh, he's he's had Bronx Heroes Comic Con since I want to say tw- two thousand and nine. Ah. And he asked me to do a women in comics panel and I just are you sure really me 
great. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> put, we put the panel together. He, he knows and knew a lot of women in the comic book industry, and I knew a few. And we put this panel together. And from there, uh, just honestly, more people asked us to do them. And they and they found out about us because uh, because we did this local convention right here in New York City. Um, wow! To see to see to see a bunch of women, a bunch of women, but women of color that worked comic book industry that no one had any clue right. existed. And in the meantime, a lot of these women have been in the industry for years. One in right. particular has been in the industry for almost twenty. So for people to just see us at this small convention was almost an anomaly, in mm. a sense. Wow. It was a, it was a shock. It was essentially a shock. So the, for so for the people that were in the audience that were bloggers, were journalists, said, "Hey, oh my God, these women are part of this panel. Like, we, you know, we want to cover this." So I guess someone called and Ray asked us to do another panel discussion for another event, and uh, again we had we had coverage on it. And just by us getting, doing this a local show and getting coverage, people knew about us, and it started to create a body of work for us, a a, a press kit essentially, ah. a press kit, a local press kit. So that grew to us going to the Schomburg and doing panel for the Schomburg. I'm sorry, you might in the background because he hears me talking. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I went from the Schomburg to doing another, I think, panel discussion somewhere else. I don't even remember. It may have been another one for Bronx Heroes. And so by the time New York Comic Con back in 2014 had like their programming up, I decided, well, why not? Let's see if they'll have us. And um, their their their. Their submissions had ended when I had, like, reached out to them. And it was, like, Labor Day weekend. And I just sent out a random email to them, said, hey, this is who we are. This is what we do. Gave them a list of our, 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 our appearances uh, Im- with images and some of the coverage that we've received. Mm-hmm. And they just said, well, you know what? Submissions are done, but we're interested. And this is Labor Day weekend. Wow. I got, like, an email, like, the next like some this on Sunday wow. <laughs> and said, you know what? If we have room, I think we want you. Within about a, a few days later, she said, Regine, we have room. I'm gonna put you in. Whoa. And we were and we were the first panel to highlight women of color in comics in New York Comic Con wow. ever. Wow. And I dare someone to challenge me on that. To con- to concentrate on creators and artists, people who that were women the first. Wow, wow. We were the first. And they put us in the largest room, <laughs> one of the largest rooms that they, that they have. I will never forget that. And it was like room 1A24, and it was a room that they usually put all the, like the, like the big comic book panels in. Yeah, yeah. It sat like maybe like 700, 800 people. Whoa. And we completely and totally filled that room. Oh, my gosh, and wow. It's a, it's a, a, to our shock, to our absolute so that's essentially how we got, and then from there we we've been doing panels from across the country now. Other people have heard about us because of that panel, and of, and because of the local panels that we've done. 
So now we go across the country, including now to San Diego Comic-Con. San Diego Comic-Con oh, moves wow. these panels there, too. Wow. We do them on-site at the convention center, and we also have now partnered with the library system and do Whoa. panels for people who can't get into San Diego Comic-Con. Whoa. Know? So we bring the same content that we bring to the large shows, we, we still bring to our community because that is essentially very important to us. We want to see more people become writers, creators, artists, and all that stuff. So that is the short of the long story of how we got into the large shows. <laughs> wow, that, oh, wow. I have to say that is absolutely incredible, and congratulations on that. That is a huge achievement. Thank you. Wow, that is really, really incredible. Um, Yeah, just, wow. <laughs> Holy Moses. All right, well, um, just to move on, I, I just really quickly, I'm trying to keep it rolling because I know you got to keep moving, but no, I was, yeah. I have a few more minutes. It's okay. <laughs> we, can, we can keep going a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I wanted, to, um, I wanted to also ask you, um, you know, since, you know, since this big, this, you know, this big, you know, like you actually went ahead and, you know, you got, you got that big floor, you got that big um, room for your first panel and you got all these people that showed up. Can you, can you please tell me, can you speak to that? Can you, why do you think there was such a, a fervent like want for this? Why do you believe that, that, you know, like, you know, the, like women and women of color have been like locked out of these fields within comic books. Why do you think that it's like, it's, it, you know, like out of nowhere, these, the, the, this explosion of, of, of all these people that wanted to uh, attend your, um, your panel, why do you think that happened at Comic-Con? Well, because they were hungry. There you go. They were hungry. I mean, it's very, very simple. They're hungry. We, there is this myth that, even up until now, that there are not a lot of women of color in comics, right. let alone women, period. But there's this myth that we're not there, that we don't play a role, that we have no existence. And so here we are proving that wrong. Right. Pro proving that wrong. So when, I guess when people just saw it in the, in the, in the app, <laughs> I think it was too late. It may have been too late to put us in the book. I know. I think it was, it wasn't. I think actually we were in the, in the, in the, in the book, wow. in the schedule. But, but when people saw that, it's like, what? Women of color that create and make books Really? Because I think at that point, there were panels that had were cosplayers, right. where you saw cosplayers of color, but there were, not, there were not panels, and I will continue to repeat this until the cows come home, there were not panels dedicated to solely women creating comics, women, Asian women, Latino women, like there were not, there were, there were, there were, there was, there was none of that. So to have a panel... Of eight, I think I had seven or eight women, and it was a large panel, and I made a large panel on purpose because it was a statement. Right. It was a statement of that, you know, that we exist, and we've been here for an extremely long time. It's a mixture of veterans, and it was a mixture of women who, you know, who, who have been in the industry, let's say, for, you know, for maybe for three years or four years. So it was a healthy mix of that. And so for people to see the different age groups, to see the, the different... This um, shades, <laughs> different right, shades right, of right. us as women and different cultural backgrounds, different ethnicities was extremely powerful. It said to the audience, yes, there are people that represent you as a community that reside within this industry. 
and you can do it too. You can do it too. I, I think that it's very, it's underestimated how much, how important that is for, for not just children, because we always talk about, oh, it's important for kids to see representation. It's important for adults to see representation, right. representation too. Exactly. You know, because we're the ones that teach things, but you can do in, the in, in different industries. These are the, the, the professions that are afforded to you. Um, if, we, if we can say as adults, hey, here's an example of what you can do, and here are the people that do it, and yeah, there are people within your community who, do, who look like you, who can produce this work. I mean, that's, it, it's, it, people don't realize how important that is. I, exactly. meet, I meet parents and children all the time who, who, who will see me, see different members of Women in Comics, and they're, and they're happy, sometimes they're shocked, and sometimes they just want to point at us to their child. There's a, there's, there's a woman who's mm-hmm. of color that does this. You can do it too. When kids hmm. don't see themselves, essentially us, as their right. representation, right. they think that they cannot do it. They think that they, they are not, it's, this is not afforded to them. Right. So when they see me, they see hope. Right. It's so true. We, we have no business taking that hope away from them. More, so, I mean, exactly. that's my rant. That's More, my rant. No, 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 no. I, I, I love it. I, I really, really believe that truly in my soul, I do believe that it is it is imperative that every black woman, especially woman of color, rant to tell their side of the story and to not ever be moved, moved or swayed for what they feel because every single feeling that they have is completely valid. So I, I, I applaud you, and I think that's an amazing, amazing... Uh, sort of stance to have about this. It's really important. Uh, more power to you, and more power to every single person that's a part of your, a part of your outfit, a part of your initiative. I think it's a, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, but um, I, but I, I again, I wanted to, I, I wanted to actually pick out one thing you partic- you said before. I thought was really mm-hmm. fascinating. You said something along the lines about how um, there was a panel on cosplaying. Now, I, 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 wanted, I was curious about this. What do you think about this? I have a particular theory about this. Uh, do you think that there was, okay. there was a, a panel on cosplaying because, because of, like, just simply because of, like, you know, the objectification of women in comic books and that being something that, you know, people, of course, will be more okay with and highlighted first before highlighting the certain particular uh, other accomplishments of women? Do you think that has anything to do with it? Not, not quite, mm-hmm. not quite. I think it was more had to do, it more has to do with this, uh, with a similar, with a similar goal. Like, okay, mm. you, you are of color, you can cos, like it's a, and it's okay for you to cosplay people who are characters that are not just black or right. Asian or right. or Latin. Like mm-hmm. you can do more than that, and also it is to say that we exist, that we exist, mm. we exist. Um, I think that the discussion of female objectification in comics is is very valid, and, and it is a discussion that's not only within cosplay, but it's also within creatorship. Right, right. But it's definitely, but it's also definitely a conversation that they do have because then you is in consent movement. Mm. You know, you, mm. you have organizations like Geeks for Consent. Right. Uh, where that is discussed, where you have these, you know, sexy out outfits 
that these characters wear and mm-hmm. then fans of fans of the character will wear those outfits because guess because guess what that's the outfit that the person wears right exactly that's what they wear they were designed by oh, men and, right they were designed by men and this is this is what you yes, get yeah <laughs> exactly like that's you want to customize it do a different variation mm-hmm. that makes you feel comfortable i mean of course you can do that too but it's a valid discussion and i'm sure it's a discussion that they've had right and during these um different different panels but i think it was mostly i think that the conversations are mostly about like hey like we exist we're here we're to be respected and we can do whatever cosplay we feel like doing right exactly i i hope that's <laughs> that's it that's i think that's a it makes a lot of sense i think that's a really great point um, I, but with, with that said, um, because you, you've actually touched on about how it's also a creator's responsibility to actually give more, like basically give more exposure to, to different people telling a story. So you don't get, you know, certain outfits or you don't get, or you don't have certain people thinking that, you know, women of color are not in comic books or women of color are not like, aren't characters in comic books or they can't cosplay as white characters. Uh, do you do you think like so? Can you tell me briefly what do you think is a role the role of comic books nowadays, under like Trump's America under like what's going on like what do you think is the role of comic books? I mean, it's the role that it's always been. Mm. Comic comic books have been political, mm, right? <laughs> They've been satirical. They have been for escapism. They have been for um, ed- educational entertainment as well as uh, just regular standard. I feel like getting lost in, in something entertainment um i it, it it's, it's the same that's it's always been we're going to continually have this medium used as a source of political commentary right um for for the good bad and the ugly mm-hmm. you know um, right. at least from what i've been witnessing in comics um so i think it it, it hasn't changed it hasn't it hasn't changed in that way. I mean, we we've always used it for different for different commentary. Interesting. That that that's real. That's very true. I do you. <laughs> what do you think? Um, I'm I'm sorry. I just want to ask you a lot of questions because I, I'm very interested no, in your point ahead. of view it's about okay. this. Okay. Uh, what do you think um, of the? You know, like this is it's very interesting. Like being a comic book reader. Uh, I've noticed a certain particular trend in like this rise in like the almost it might be fair to say the romanticism of Nazis in comics lately with like mm-hmm. Nazi Captain America and like there was a there was a, there was just recently the same writer of Captain America was thinking about making somehow making Magneto a Nazi and it just didn't make any sense to me. I just thought it was like really offensive mm-hmm. uh, to the creators of these of these characters. Mm-hmm. What what do you like? Do you think like I mean obviously like there has been issues like this in comic books for a long time either it be now with nazis or even like white supremacists or any sort of like you know racist caricatures of certain characters like how do you how do you contend with that being a a woman being a woman of color reading these comic books largely about a lot of white men how do you contend with like and how do you reason with like reading these these things and trying to absorb it and enjoy it how do you how do you deal with that like i'm just curious well i I don't enjoy it. That's number one. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't because I think it's, I think it's asinine in the sense that what, what, what place in the discussion should there be Magneto being a Nazi? Right. 
I mean, really. I mean, these books were made by Jewish Thank you. men. Right. Thank you. Who, you know, who, you know, who, you know, who, whose family members mm -hmm. could have possibly suffered certain things due to the Holocaust. Right. You know, they themselves, you, you know, could have been rushed, rushed out of Germany. How do you not know that? Right. And how do you have the mitigated gall mm -hmm. to produce books of that of that nature? What purpose? I mean, as an artist, you have to say, what what purpose am I creating this piece? Right. What type of commentary am I trying to generate from it? What right. type of discussion? Mm. What type of discussion? Are you just doing it for you know for kicks? Collective gasp. I mean, is that really necessary in this in this in this day and age? Right. If you want to do something. If you want to do a character that juxtaposes you know, Magneto. And mm. it would be, you know, Professor X or something like that. But if you want to go in a different direction, I mean, that can be done. But to take a, a character such as himself or such as, uh, you know, as, as what they do with Captain America. Right. It is, what, is, what is the point? I want right. to know artistically, what is the point? What do you want us as the reader, reader, excuse me, reader, to glean from that? Indeed. I think that's a great point. I mean, yeah, I mean, some people will say, like, oh, oh, don't look at it that deep. I'm like, look, they're making me look at it that deep. What's the purpose of doing right. that? You know, they didn't, they didn't make him into a bunny. Right. I mean, they didn't make, you know, like, you, they didn't make him into something frivolous. They, they, they're making this, they're turning this character into something that's, that's, like, historically abominable. Mm-hmm. You know, you're now you're just doing this for a shock factor. I agree. You're not doing this really for really, really for any anything else. I mean, right. it's again, what is the merit to what you're doing? And you, and I don't care if it's comics. You have to, you have to question, you question that because again, some people think comics are are for kids, and I hate to tell them, like comics haven't hasn't been for kids for. Since uh, thirty years, since like the I would say since like I would arguably say since like maybe the fifties, sixties, somewhere around there. I mean, almost yeah. like yeah, at a certain yeah. point. I mean, mm -hmm. I probably maybe I would say the seventies, like the yeah. mid seventies, maybe mid seventies, like mid seventies. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. I'm, I'm like, come on now. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I so totally that's, agree I mean, with that's you. That's my opinion on that. <laughs> I think I think that's a a fantastic way of looking at that. I I agree with you. I speak up. So uh, actually, this is actually somewhat connected to the last question I had. I was curious. Um, well, first and foremost, I was actually reading up on you. I saw that me and you have a certain particular comic that we love in, in common. Um, I absolutely love okay. uh, Bitch Planet. Bitch Planet is, one of the I think, one of the best books on the stands right now. Um, and um, I, I, was, I was curious about this. Uh, you know, okay. as, we, as we know, Kelly Sue DeConnick writes it. Uh, she is a white woman that writes these characters about black women. Uh, yeah. uh, these characters that are black women. I was curious what... Um, First, can you speak to what you what do you think is the significance of a book such as Bitch Planet? And second, my second question would be, how do you feel about like you know white writers writing black characters? But can you first tell me what you think about Bitch Planet? I'm really curious. <laughs> I mean, Bitch Planet is um, I haven't I honestly this is a series in a in a bit. Okay. Um, but I do have several issues, and I mm. I enjoyed them. And I also, I also have to big up the fact that several of our members have participated in the anthologies that have been coming out. Right. Jay Grayson, um, Sharon De La 
uh, Sarah Gomez Woolley, Vita, Vita Ayala. They all contributed to um, the different anthologies that been have, that have been coming out like every other month. Right. So I just want to put that out there. Amazing. I think I think that Kelly Sue is a very gifted writer and she's very thoughtful. And and with that said, as a gifted writer, you do you simply doing your research. Like I'm not against a white creator different 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 ethnicities in their comics mm-hmm. because I do different ethnicities in my comics. Right. The question is, what are you doing when you're writing them? If you're doing things if you're writing certain things point you need to do your research right you need to talk to people you need to you need to be very very sensitive um especially when it comes to cultural and racial issues and i I, kelly is extremely kelly sue is very sensitive Mm -hmm. to and she and she and again she writes in a very thoughtful manner Mm -hmm. and and she also she also and she also has done her, her research. Right. Also has now with these different anthologies has she's brought in women of color mm-hmm. to 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 talk about their story to essentially talk about uh, well, I'm saying our stories but stories that represent these these marginalized women in these books. Right. So I think she's and again I'll say when you're doing characters of different cultural back backgrounds different ethnicities different sexual orientations you and you're not of in any of these groups you need to be thoughtful and careful about what you're doing you don't want to be offensive you don't want to right do do your damn research i just want to <laughs> do your damn research talk to people be, be you know be you know be careful be on be honest and also and also do never be afraid to say like look i don't know everything right i don't know everything I'm gonna find out what I can find out. I would never box a, a writer or a creator in and say you cannot write this character. You can't do X, Y, Z. But what I will say is that the main issue is when you prohibit people from in in an industry where different different characters, again from different backgrounds, are. Are, are represented and throughout the books, but you have yet to hire somebody or you haven't been hired people of different backgrounds, but you haven't listed these, you know, these, you know, these different people who happen to be Caucasian right. <laughs> to right. produce these, produce, to produce these books. That's a problem. Like you, okay. You want to, you want to see different, you want to, you want to have the, the, uh, the illusion of diversity, but you don't want to have real diversity when it comes to your staffing. Precisely, right. Exactly, and that has nothing to do with just you know tokenism or anything like that. Mm. It's about it's about hiring. Yes, hiring people that can get the job done. But if you have something in in your spirit that prohibits you from hiring people that can get the jobs done, that so happen to be female, that so happen to be gay, that so happen to be. Um, black that happens to be an ethnic person, that's a problem. Right. And that is what the issue is. Not just grabbing in person for the hell of it and slapping them on a book. Right. That's not what anyone is asking for. We are just saying that, hey, if you're if if you're if you're hiring, hi, yes, hire the right person. 
but you're the one with the blinder on. Not me. Right. <laughs> I, I think. I think. I think that that's that. Those are all fantastic points you make. That is a really great point. I I always believe that it's important to actually try your best to make sure you do all your research, all your homework, if you're going to... And that even goes for people of color that are writing writing characters that are out of their scope. Like I, like me, like, you know, if I were ever want to write a comic book and I wanted to feature someone that's, you know, uh, maybe perhaps gay, like, I'm, I'm, I, I, I define... I actually identify as a cis man, so I'm not going to just write what I think because essentially... You know, I'm I'm, a pro- I'm projecting what I already think about gay people into a certain particular story. Uh, you need to do something that's organic and something that's authentic. So I, I totally totally agree with you on that. I think that's all fantastic points. Uh, but um, yes, uh, very quickly, I, I was curious if you could just basically tell me tell well tell the listeners if you know you said that like you like when we were talking about like you getting your foot in the door at Comic Con and different places and doing these panels. Could you, everything that you've talked about and everything that you've done so far has seemed very grassroots. So I was curious, you know, could, could you basically explain or tell the audience uh, what would be some of the best steps to take to try to start something up like this? If you wanted to like, hey, like I want to start a, p- a panel uh, and, on, on talking about, you know, co- the, the co- like I have a personal thing I want to start. I want to start like a panel on comic books and hip hop. So I was curious, like, mm-hmm. how would you start doing something like that? How would you rent out space? How would you, you know, like, invite certain people? Like, what, what were some of the steps you took to get other people involved, to get yourself in different places? Like, what did you do? <laughs> I think, I think honestly, I, I think you did great work. I think you do great work. I think it's incredible. So I'm curious. What, do you, what did you do? What I, what did I, you know, <laughs> the thing is with me, no, the thing is with me, again, a lot of things started organically. People just started asking me mm-hmm. um, because I had, I had what they wanted. But outside of that, um, outside of that, what I, I, what I is I, I, I contact places that have free venues. <laughs> I contact such as libraries, such as, um, community centers, places that they are non-for-profit, non-for-profit organizations, different activities for the public, um, and their space is free, particularly if your event, your if your event is for, is something for, is for them and their community. Wow. You, those, those venues are free. Those venues are free. You know, say, hey, my name is Regina L. Sawyer. I'm the coordinator of Women in Comics, blah, 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 blah. This is what we do. Right. And I would love to bring this content to your 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 facility, to your organization. Um, and so we'll get to the venue first. And usually people will be will be really gung-ho about it. Mm. Um, and, they're, and they're really gung-ho. Which mainly because uh, the big thing now is getting kids to read through the use of comic books. Mm. So our thing with women in comics is teaching comic book literacy on the art aspect. So that so that's a big thing that we do, and that's what we're we're known for. So so I talk about that what our expertise, what we do, and they say like they'll might say like, hey, yeah, we would really love that when. This, these are the dates that we have. You know, can you give us an example of, you know, your the workshops that you've done or panel discussions? Mm-hmm. So I had all that stuff like ready 
ready for that because thankfully I do have a ton of a ton of press, a ton of articles, podcasts, or whatever. I'm very very Googleable. Yes, you are. Look it up, find us. That's and, absolutely and true. That's right. Makes you makes me know. Never mind. That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. All right. So, um, really quickly, uh, I know you're you're working on like a thousand and one things. You you did mention that the next uh, Women in Comics convention is going to be in March of 2018. Um, I was I I was I was curious. Like up until up until the next um, the next particular uh, convention you got going on. What are, what's some things you're working on right now? I know that you you got like your big movement right now is like making scarves, which would be pretty dang dope. So yeah. I was like, <laughs> they have they really have. I was like, dang, like these are like what can't you do? Like so I I was like so 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 tell me like what is the what's your next couple of projects coming up? Oh gosh, so, yeah, <laughs> I do have uh, another side business. <laughs> I do have another side business. It's called Stitch You a Yarn. It's called Stitch You. At stitches and yarn on various social media, mm-hmm. and yeah, I make I I make I make scarves. I've been crocheting since um, I was a kid. So wow. So it's my like my my family again. My family is very very artistically inclined, and my my mother sort of made sure that I knew how to make like different. Stuff. 
and it's allowed it's afforded me to be able to work in different industries so i so yes i can work in textile until 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 the end of march i am doing scarf commissions i do i do scarves snugs cowls uh, collars i also make nerdy scarves i i i, I had a uh black panther commission not too long ago hey. so i did a black panther scarf i did a misty night scarf hey. um, I have a, i'm about to do a dora milaje scarf nice uh so yeah that'll be interesting how that one comes out so, yeah. Yeah, so i do do that i do do that i do do that too whoa okay um, uh, wow so I do that too. Everything is commission based. Everything is commission based. So you you gotta like go through my my little scarf, my little yarn inventory, and say, hey, I want that one, and I would like to like this one. But now in terms of comics, in terms of comics and women mm-hmm. in comics, okay. Uh, next next month, um, I'll be at the I think what's it called? I think it's called the uh, it's, I know it's called the Diversity Children and Teen Book Fair at the Mason library in brooklyn on november 4th mm. i'll be i'll be there we'll be doing i'll be i'll be tabling there on um, the week after that i'll be at the urban action expo in new york city and that celebrates um uh people of color within the the action film industry and we'll be so we'll be at the amc theater 25 um, in Midtown, in, Mid- in t- Times Square, in Times Square, wow. and that'll be November 11th. Wow. The 20th anniversary of Spawn. 20th anniversary. Yeah, so have we really yeah, got 20 years so since Spawn? Yes, yes, that was 1997. I know. I was like, wait, what? What? I'm so old. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, I, yeah. So wow. Michael Dye White will be there. Oh, cool. Like doing a whole like kung fu theater thing, and there will be vendors, so I will be vending there. I will be vending there. I'll be selling books. Um, after that, I'll also be at the Fan Nation Comic Book Convention in Ocean County, New Jersey. And Women in Comics, we're doing a panel there. We'll also be vending. Um, after that, it's pretty. It's pretty calm. It's pretty calm. Things tend to oh, pop up. Oh, calm. You never know what I'm gonna, <laughs> but I'll, but I'll be, I'll, I'll be crocheting my my butt off until March. <laughs> um, but, but Whoa. so for right now, nothing's going on in December. But in January, I more than likely will be at the Black Comic Book Festival, Festival at the, the Stromberg for Black Research and Culture. Yeah, I'll be there vending. I'll probably be there vending. Um, after that, not sure. Definitely, definitely will, definitely will be uh, uh, having Women in Comics Con. We're not, we don't have a date. Mm-hmm. Have a date, but that we'll have a date soon. But that's definitely in March. So right now, that's my convention schedule up until March. I in the, I will because like I I am getting there. We may have a. I may have a couple, uh, some Kickstarters starting next year to, nice. to get some of these, some of these books out. Um, awesome. I also have a pa- also have a Patreon. We have a Patreon for Women in Comics. We also, I have a Patreon for Lock It Down Productions. It helps helps us get these events going. Patreon helps me uh, get some of these books and activities and stuff out <laughs> to the masses. 
So wow. yeah, that's basically what I'll be doing. I mean, there may be some workshops in between. Actually, no, I'll be with Comic Book. There's an organization called the Comic Book Project, mm -hmm. and I'll actually be working with them and helping young, up-and-coming artists and writers get their comic books together and learn how to how to put comic books together, publish them, and all that great stuff. And that will probably time uh, next month. Wow! So that'll that'll be in in Brooklyn. I think that'll be in Brooklyn and maybe in Manhattan and Queens too. So I'll be in and around. I'll be in and around. So that's a program wow. for like for grade school kids up and through high school. Wow, that's an, that's incredible. I, I wow. Um, yeah, actually, I, I will certainly be following your work because I'm, I'm, as I said before, I'm a fan of what you've been doing. I think that what you've been doing has been absolutely remarkable. Um, it's been actually very inspiring to me. I, I've been, I, like I said, I, I've, I've, uh, we've met a couple of times, and I don't know if you completely remember me, uh, but I've, I've went to, like, I've met you at cons, I've met you at the Women's in Comics, uh, I met you a couple of times, and each time I meet you, I'm always enamored by everything you're able to just pull off. It seems like you just, it seems, oh, seriously, if, I mean, talking to you about it, um, I start to understand that, like, this, there's a lot of, like, working parts, but when I see it in motion, it, it seems like you, you do it effortlessly. So I got to give you all the credit for that. that you, you do a great job. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, Thank you. I appreciate that so very much. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, um... I want to say thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to me about this and just you know getting a little a little bit of, get, getting a little bit of an idea about what, how you feel about the particular you know uh, culture and climate of comics right now and getting an idea about what you what you've been doing right now to improve it. Uh, it's been really really awesome, like really awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, thank oh. you, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, hopefully, sooner or later, um, I could we we I could have you back on the podcast and we could talk some more. It'd be great. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Just let me know. Yeah, certainly, certainly. All right. So it was nice talking to you, and I'll I'll talk to you very soon. And I'm gonna, what I'm going to do also too. All of the different events you have coming up soon. Um, I'm actually going to li link all of those things out on my particular blog, and I'm going to highlight everything we talked about and just give an idea so people know where to find your stuff. And people have an idea like what you're going to be doing in the co next couple of months and, you know, where they could support you. Uh, that's really important to me. So I'm going to do that. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. absolutely. And please mm -hmm. just, yeah, link me to your, link me to your blog. Link yeah. Link me to your blog oh, so I can. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. I yeah. Can see all the uh, other interviews and stuff you did. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. Certainly, certainly. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank mm -hmm. you. No problem. I'll see you soon. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Okay. Take care. Okay, okay, take, take care. care. <laughs> take care. Bye. Okay, bye. -bye.